Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. Hello and welcome to the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. Now we've chatted about bridesmaids here on the podcast before, from how to pick the right person for the job to what the role of a bridesmaid actually should be. But today it's all about the dresses and the inevitable issues that arise when you dress several women with different tastes, styles and shapes in matching outfits. Yes. Today we're talking bridesmaids dress shopping. So many brides have told us that finding the right bridesmaids dresses was the hardest part of planning their wedding. So today we'll be tackling where to start, what to do when opinions differ and how to deal with the whole money thing. I've been a bridesmaid twice, Selena. How about you? Twice as well. Twice in the same year. How was the dress shopping? So I have to say it was in the early noughties. Mm-hmm. And I was a teenager, so you can imagine how well that went. <laughs> there was a lot of orange sateen. Nice. Um, in the end. I got very lucky. One of them was black, which was perfect. Oh, uh, re-wearable. Very chic, yes. And the other one was my sister, and I was the only bridesmaid, so I could just pick whatever I wanted. Oh, the dream. But everyone is not so lucky, unfortunately. No. So, so hopefully we'll help a lot of people today with our chat. I hope so. One fab day expert wedding tips. You know we enjoy dropping some wedding knowledge on you guys and each week we pass on one of the best tips in our arsenal which will hopefully make your wedding planning process a little bit easier. So Claire what's your slice of advice for this week? I can't believe we haven't shared this one before I really thought we had is use Trello to manage your wedding to-do list. So Trello for anyone who doesn't know is a task management app and there are several of these. Yeah, there's a lot of different offices use them. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's ones like Todoist and Slack has project management things and Monday.com. But Trello, I think, is the most handy because it's very simple to use. Um, you can have different lists. You can tag the list between you and your other half or your mm. bridesmaids or whoever else. Um, and you have a very satisfying way of ticking them all off when they're done. Yeah, the crucial thing for me with Trello is that there are two of you can be connected to the same board. Yes. Which So I use Trello when me and my other half were looking for a house and trying to buy a house. And it just meant that, you know, you have five minutes during your lunch and he's, you know, waiting to go to football or whatever it yeah. is. And like you don't have to be in the same room when all the decisions are made or when all of the progress is made. You can kind of go take your tasks and do them separately. Yes. And update them. And it means that at any moment, if you think, oh, I must email the florist six weeks out from the wedding, but it's too early to do that. You can just add it and set yourself a reminder and then it's out of your head. And that's one of the biggest causes of stress, I think, planning a wedding is you've got so much going on in your head. And once you can put it down and know that it'll be dealt with, it's so much less stressful. So I think a project management system like that, obviously there's spreadsheets and Google Docs and things like that. But I just think using something that's purpose built for a lot of people planning one thing together is definitely the best way to do it. Yeah, that gets a big thumbs up for me. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. So for our main topic today, we're talking bridesmaids dress shopping. Over on One Fab Day, we have dozens of features on different styles of bridesmaids dresses, things like wrap dresses, slip dresses, mix and match dresses, and guides for all the popular colours as well. So if you're looking for inspiration, our style section and our real weddings are a great place to start. But today we're getting more into the actual logistics of bridesmaids dress shopping. 
So traditionally, bridesmaids all went into a shop and tried on some dresses and then the bride picked their favourite. But these days, it's a little more involved. There are so many more options, so many more ways to shop as well. And unlike the brides of yore, modern brides are trying to be as accommodating as possible to different styles, body shapes and opinions. It's really a lot to juggle. Yeah, it is. And I love the brides are being more accommodating. That's very important. But also it's hard to know where to start. Yeah, sometimes I feel like for bridesmaids, it's trickier when the bride is really laid back and is like, I just want you to look great and feel great. That's not helpful. No, either. Someone in the situation has to be decisive. (laughs) Someone has to say, we're going with berry colours, guys. And at the end of the day, that might fall on the bride because it's easier if it falls on her than on a single bridesmaid. And then some of the other bridesmaids' opinions get trampled on. Yeah, you're always going to feel a bit bossy if you're a bridesmaid or maid of honour and you're the one who's pushing everything forward. Yeah, so I think it's worth being a leader, not necessarily being bossy and not forcing your tastes on your bridesmaids, but you do need to be a leader of the situation. Taking charge. Yes, exactly. So I guess the first place to start is to work out how important the bridesmaids dresses are to you. For some brides, it's like, I don't care. We have a 50 euro budget for each dress and wear whatever. For others, it'll be part of the overall aesthetic of your wedding. And if you're going for like Great Gatsby or a blush in the summer type Mm -hmm. thing, uh, you're going to have very specific thoughts on your bridesmaids dresses. So I think before you even chat to your bridesmaids about them, it's important to just have a word with yourself and see how important they're going to be to you and how much of a role you want to play in choosing them. It's all about styling, isn't it? How important the styling of the day is to you because if you're like obsessed with the greenery you're going to have on the tables, for example, then maybe, yeah, you need to decide on sage green dresses or you need to decide what complementary colours there are for those. Yeah, so I think... You shouldn't start bridesmaids dress shopping until you've had a thought about your overall look for your day. And if you're going with a colour theme, very few people now go for actual themed weddings, but they generally have either a vibe or a few tones that they're going Mm. for. Um, So, yeah, I definitely have a think about that because you can't really backtrack. Say if you go for, I don't know, red dresses and then you want lemon flowers or something like that that might clash you can't really go back once you get the dresses. So it's important to kind of think about everything before you make any purchases or any orders. Yeah, and I think a lot of our advice about settling on the vibe of your day is relevant here. So like we said a couple of weeks ago, it's a really good idea for your day to have like a couple of keywords like rustic and romantic or whatever it is that you can refer back to for various styling details and definitely that's one to use for your bridesmaids as well. Yeah because if the aesthetics are important to you you don't want your bridesmaids dresses to jar so if you're having a really ultra minimal modern wedding and then you get these really heavy embellished dresses they might look a bit odd so it is a good idea to kind of have a think about all that. Yeah like we had some bridesmaids dresses on the site recently which were so gorgeous and so unusual they were like remember the blue gingham Oh, very really retro cool. yeah and they wouldn't work in almost all other kinds of weddings yeah. there are certain types of dresses that suit a certain type of wedding yeah generally speaking the kinds of bridesmaids styles that you see all the time like the one shoulder the kind of column the a-line those tend to work across a lot of vibes yes. and feels yeah if you want to go for something really outrageous and out there i guess you really have to be very, very confident in the style of your wedding. So I guess then the next thing to do is to set up a WhatsApp group or an email thread. And we'd always recommend setting one up specifically for the dress shopping. So you might have a WhatsApp group already with your bridesmaids, but it's good to have a dedicated one because on certain days there'll be a lot of images flying around 
and a lot of chatter and you don't want someone to come out of work and be like <laughs> yeah and stick the word dress in the title yes. and even the dress emoji yeah uh, just so people don't get confused because yeah. you'll have one for the hen you might have one for other wedding tasks it yeah. gets confusing we get it so that's a good shout I think as well it's a good idea to set up a Pinterest board just so you have a visual particularly if you've got thoughts on the dress you can add a bunch and get the other bridesmaids feedback or else you can have a group board and they can all contribute to it and get a sense of where everyone's at taste wise I'd say these days there's a lot of um, Instagram DMing and stuff as well that goes on so at least in the WhatsApp group you have a catch all and it's kind of easy to scroll back as well Yeah. if you're like oh yeah we did talk about yellow a few weeks ago what was that yellow one? Yeah, some brands also have an online system, a lot of the big US bridesmaid brands, where you can have a kind of a board and everyone puts in their favourites and then you can piece together a cohesive look across all of your bridesmaids. So if you're worried about styling, that's a good idea to to look out for brands like that. Yeah. And we can include a few links in the show notes. Yeah, we should say if you're brand new to bridesmaids dresses, you might not realise that there are loads of brands who specialise in bridesmaids dresses and they do it in such a way that basically every dress in their collection can in some way complement every other Mm -hmm. dress. So that if you go to this brand and even if you choose different colours, different styles, they've kind of designed the colours... Yeah. so that you're having a somewhat cohesive look or so that they're complementary in yeah. some way and a lot of them even the embellishments so one might have a beaded bodice and then one will have a beaded belt mm. and so that you can just kind of pepper the different motifs throughout the bridesmaids without them all having to look uniform so if you're really like I'm not sure now if I trust myself to pick out bridesmaids dresses it's handy to find a brand you really like and stick with those yeah and a lot of them will also have consultants that will be able to help you put together your look I guess, yeah, mix and match is probably one of the biggest trends in bridesmaids' dresses over recent years and depends on the group. It can save a lot of stress. Mm. Obviously, there's a certain ease to putting everyone in one dress. But I think for anyone who's worried about putting anyone out by choosing a dress for, say, a few four bridesmaids with different styles having mix and match dresses is a nice way to incorporate all their tastes. Yeah, it's a hard one to know which way it falls because we've had loads of real weddings where there are gorgeous mix and match dresses and the bride says oh I just let them off and it turned out great and like that's not always going to happen no you have we to be definitely realistic. featured somewhere they said that it was still a massive headache to try and pair yeah. them like you can say green but there's a million different shades of green and some of them mightn't all sit the same together so yeah. yeah it might take a little bit more work than that but it could definitely be worth it if you're nervous about your different bridesmaids and their tastes yeah and there are certain rules that apply like if you say to everyone does everyone want to pick a floral and then we can confer back and like just make sure that two people haven't picked the same dress and that like four of them aren't pink floral and one blue where it kind of is a standout situation yeah yeah um, a lot of high street brands are doing bridesmaid collections which have become really popular And there's absolutely nothing wrong with them and they'll totally work. But I guess it's just a matter of like when we said about the wedding dresses, there's a quality element to it. Yeah. Um, A lot of feedback we've gotten have said sometimes they're not as good when you get them in the post. So it's just a matter of leaving yourself some time that if you end up going high street that you've time to go to a bridesmaid boutique or to go to a dedicated bridesmaid brand if you need to. Yeah. I mean, a dress that costs 50 quid and a dress that costs 200 quid, they're going to feel and look different yeah I suppose it depends as well the kind of day that you've got planned because something that's very ritzy and black tie I feel like you will have a bit more pressure on the quality of the garments that you want to have people wear another big trend that I'm loving is jumpsuits yes 
if the bridesmaid's comfortable in a jumpsuit yes that's the thing some bridesmaids won't be happy with that but we have featured a bunch of real weddings with really cool ones and um, yeah they're fun and dance floor ready I love it when there's one jumpsuit in the mix or two yeah because sometimes when there's four or five women in jumpsuits I'm like there's definitely one of those girls who doesn't want to be wearing a jumpsuit yeah. doesn't usually wear one doesn't know how she's supposed to pee yeah all that's going on. Yeah. Um, but I think that's why I think, yeah, the mix and match element is good because a lot of brands will do a jumpsuit version of a dress. Yeah. And I do think it's worth having a chat with your bridesmaids to let them know you're okay with them wearing a jumpsuit or tailoring if that's more yeah. their bag. Because it's not really fair to put someone in a dress who hates wearing dresses. Yeah. Especially like if they have a slightly more masculine style or they have like a you know, not very floaty dress style. Yeah. It's There's good no to give rules, them options. And I think you shouldn't be afraid to get a bit creative. Which leads us nicely on to our next point, Selena. Be sound. Yeah, I mean, how, how can we sum this point up <laughs> in a neat little nugget? We just can't. I suppose to me, the whole be sound thing, a lot of it involves putting yourself in your bridesmaid's shoes mm-hmm. or your bridesmaid's garment, as the case may be. <laughs> um, because there are things that you just might have never considered in your life. Like if you were average height and your bridesmaid is super tall, if you have small boobs and they have huge boobs, your shopping experience chances are is going to be very different to their shopping experience. And you might love the idea of them all in like backless slip dresses and you might totally think they all look gorgeous in backless Mm. slip dresses but if one of them feels so uncomfortable and knows she's going to spend the day nervous that her boobs going to pop out she's not going to have a great day so you have to put yourself in her shoes. Yeah, I think that's a really key message is how someone looks to you and how they feel themselves Mm. is completely different. So just because you're looking at your bridesmaid saying you look like an absolute ride, you look like a total babe and your mom and everyone else in the bridal party is saying it and everyone on the day compliments them, that's not the same as them feeling comfortable in the dress because at the end of the day if they never have their arms out for example they're not going to be comfortable with their yeah. arms out on the day. That's just yeah. the black and white of it. I think, yeah, arms, neckline, backs, the bra situation yeah. are all things to just kind of keep in mind when you're dressing somebody else. Also, if you have any bridesmaids who are pregnant, plus size petite, who just might have certain sensitivities that you just have to keep in mind. That's another kind of pro for the bridesmaids brands because they mm. often have maternity and junior Yes. versions of everything yeah. so and tall and things like that so they're mm-hmm. usually the ones that specialise in bridesmaids dresses they tend to be uh, have more options another one under our B-Sound umbrella is to never ever ask your bridesmaids to lose weight I mean we shouldn't have to say this we shouldn't have we to. did a whole podcast episode <laughs> yes. about how brides <laughs> back to our episode with Louise McSharry but um, yeah just in case you it entered your head it was interesting actually after we did that episode with Louise about how you don't need to lose weight for your wedding we did get a lot of feedback from brides who'd said that they'd actually been in boutique situations and they'd felt uncomfortable because someone in the boutique or someone in their wedding party had said something about oh she would be smaller anyway by the day so it's easily done and um, you know you're not going to be sent to jail for it or anything but it's worth saying I think I'll send you to jail. <laughs> Claire will send you I think. straight to Angarda <laughs> yeah. That's the Irish police if you're listening abroad. The general rule, I think, is to never put them in something you wouldn't wear yourself. So I think like there was that thing in the 80s where like everyone wore the like giant puffball or like yeah the poopy uh, sleeves Rachel and friends in that Bo Peep dress mm-hmm. like that might be gas and you might have great notions but if it's not something you'd wear yourself don't ask your pals to wear it it's really tricky because 
you have to cut yourself some slack as well in another way because when you're shopping for dresses for someone else you're going to automatically click back into the kind of dress that you like to wear so mm-hmm. you're going to be scrolling through ASOS for example and if you do that every week anyway you're going to just automatically find yourself saving the same kind of styles and colours yeah. and that so it is really hard to know which way to do it at the same time you don't want to be forcing them to wear something just because you love it yeah like obviously the bride should really like all the dresses and obviously it should reflect the vibe of her day so say if you're having a like super boho wedding and some of your bridesmaids aren't boho maybe they'll have to lean into the trend slightly but it's just about you not forcing them to wear something they're not comfortable in and I suppose styling comes in here as well like if you let's say are a real minimalist and you want to go for like a minimal silhouette you know, there is a way to say to your bridesmaids, look, if you want to style this up, put on like mad earrings, maybe do a belt. Like we can kind of collab on this. It doesn't just yeah. have to be like I'm dressing you like you're a Barbie. Yes. You know, you can bring your own ideas for accessories to the table as well. I think another thing is thinking ahead to being in the shop, making sure everyone's comfortable mm-hmm. and on the day being as kind and as patient as you can be. I know that that can be really testing shopping with a gang of people yeah. is always testing if only getting them in the door at the same time yeah like that's going to be tricky and I know if there's one person who just keeps saying no to everything that can get really frustrating but just try and like take a lot of deep breaths and be as kind to everyone's opinions as you can be and that that applies to even in the whatsapp group to not be like shutting people down if they send dresses that you're like they're hideous the worst possible thing i think is to have everyone in the group except one person going oh she's being a bit annoying isn't she she's being really picky or really choosy because chances are if someone is being picky or choosy quote unquote it's because they're not comfortable yeah and you don't want them to be uncomfortable and i think you as like the leader of the group should shut down any of that kind of negativity or bitchiness straight away even though you think it's bridesmaids dress shopping it'll be fun it's still scary for any woman no matter how confident she is to be standing in a shop with a load of girls who are all like let's just do this let's just go with this and you know a lot of women I'm sure do and then they hate the dress and Mm. then they're not themselves on the day but you should I suppose leave the door open for people who are uncomfortable that they can speak up and they feel comfortable speaking up. Before we wrap up on being sound, we should just throw a mention to, obviously we have a lot more mixed gender bridal parties these days. I love a mixed gender bridal party. And I think it's really nice if you've got guys among the bridesmaids, bridesmen, to consider their outfit and allow them to add something that ties in with the other bridesmaids as opposed to just sticking them in a suit with the rest of the guys. Mm. Now, this totally depends on their style. They might want to just dress the same way as the groomsmen. But I think it's just nice to consider them and ask them about what they like as well rather than dictate. And really, like, one of the points of putting your wedding party in, like, coordinating clothes is so that everyone knows that, like, we're a bit of a squad. And, like, you know, if anyone isn't super au fait with the people in your wedding party that later on in the day they know they can go up to a bridesmaid and ask her a question or they know kind of who's who's pal and it kind of breaks the ice from the get-go so that's nice in a mixed gender wedding party then where like even if the groomsman bridesman bridesman sure bridesman if he's wearing like you know a sage green tie to match yes. the dresses or whatever yeah. everyone kind of knows oh he's her pal yeah you know it's nice we just p- featured a really cool wedding with a groomsman in a or bridesman in a blush suit that tied in with the bridesmaids oh. is really cool unfortunately not every man is stylish enough to carry no, off a blush not. suit no but i give props to and those likewise who try. we've seen groomsmaid 
I don't like that word as much. Uh, Anything with made in, you just feel like you're an old maid. In like a really sleek black gown and all yes. the guys were in black tie and that looked really cool as well. So it's Definite. just a matter of tying them in with your squad. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's actually easier said than done, I think, to bring in the mixed gender element. We should have a word for junior bridesmaids because that's something we do get a lot of questions about and there's not as much like literature or images mm. around for people to get ideas from. Um, so this tends to be not even kids, a lot of teenagers. Yeah. Girls who are older than flower girl age. So probably like eight up to 18, I guess. Yeah. And you should probably start by talking to them about what they'd like and talk to their parents as well about what will be appropriate because if say all the bridesmaids are in strapless dresses, that might not suit them at all. No. Um, so it's about working out what will be appropriate and also but making sure that they're tied in with the mm. rest of the wedding party. This is trickier, I think, than flower girl or page boy mm. because you can always go rogue with the flower girl and be like, a pretty white dress, you know. Yeah. She's a gorgeous little toddler, everyone knows. Yeah. She's the flower girl. Yeah. But to put a junior bridesmaid in something different kind of means that then she just looks like a teenager who's at the wedding. Yes. And if you've asked her to be part of the wedding party, yeah. it's nice to kind of give her all of the accoutrements that come along with that. Exactly. So it's about finding a balance where she's not too childlike, not too grown up. And again, this is another reason why we vouch for dedicated bridesmaid brands because they will have something to suit within mm. the realm of the dresses that you've chosen. Yeah, definitely worth having a chat with her and depending on her age, her mom and dad as well. Yeah. They might have some input on kind of the kind of things she likes. Also a note as someone who has bought clothes for children for a wedding, factor in their growth. Oh yeah, actually when I was bridesmaid I was probably about 15 and I would like to say I was in the middle of a growth spurt. <laughs> My whole childhood was a growth spurt. spurt. <laughs> I was shooting up by like an inch every year from like 0 to 20. Um but yeah, but so I don't even be 20 inches tall. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Oh yeah, no. That makes no sense. Listen, I'm tall, You're right? Tall. The point is I'm tall. And when I was wearing my orange sateen two-piece, which was made to measure, mm -hmm. I will say, um, I did end up on the day in a bit of a crop top situation because I'd grown so much. Very ahead of your time. Uh, it wasn't an intentional crop top now. <laughs> But yeah, so just be aware, kids grow. In 2019, you'd be a very stylish bridesmaid. Oh no, lads, I'll have to upload the photo somewhere. It's yeah, we'll have shocking. to do a little Insta slideshow of our bridesmaid greatest hits. The money. Now, this is a tricky one. And actually, it's kind of geographical. So mm. we have a lot of listeners in the US. Shout out to our American pals. Hi, guys. In America, January, the bridesmaids pay. Yeah. In the UK and Ireland... It's usually, well, in Ireland, I think generally the bride pays. Yes. Am I right? And the UK seems to be a bit of a mixed it bag. Can be, it can go either way. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So it depends. And I'd say so much is based on your own social circle as well. Like you'll yeah. do what your pals have done. Yeah. I do think if you're choosing an outrageously expensive dress and forcing your bridesmaids to wear yeah. it, you definitely have to contribute because it's not fair to ask someone to drop yeah. huge money on a designer dress. I think like budget or mid-range, so like maybe 100, 150 quid and under, you can maybe expect them to pay. But anything over that, I think you really are taking liberties. Yeah. And then the general rule of thumb here is if they don't have any say, if you've picked the dresses and you're kind of dictating the whole look, then you have to pay. Would yeah. you agree? Yeah. No, yeah. I do agree. And I think, look, it sounds a bit like 
cut and dried. But if you're planning on getting them, let's say, a gift for being your bridesmaid, you can always gift them the dress and frame mm. it in that way and mm. not, you know, buy them the hilarious bag of yolks that um, always end up in um, the getting ready photos. Like if your budget is concerned, but you really want the dresses, you can manage to offset the cost somewhere or you can justify it and you could say, oh, listen, I hope you don't mind. This is going to be your bridesmaids gift thank yeah. you so much and write them a nice card or whatever because a lot of brides will justify asking the bridesmaids to pay and say oh they'll wear it again but if it's a dress you've chosen for them they really might not and it can be very hard if I'm going to a wedding I'm not going to wear a bridesmaid's dress I wore it to someone else's in case it looks like the bridesmaid's dress yeah exactly <laughs> so generally they're not going to wear it again unless they frequent Black Tie Atlas so I do think it's fair to see it as it might be a, a one-time wear. A dress that a bridesmaid wears is very rarely a dress she would buy for herself, even yeah. though she might love it and she might end up wearing it again if it's something she really likes. The chances of getting three to five women plus a bride to all agree on the same dress are actually quite slim. Yes, they are. I think as well, if you're really worried about the money aspect and the sustainability aspect, you can always sell the dresses on afterwards, Yeah, which is good to note. And that way you can recoup some of the money. Which is a good way to do it if you're a bit worried about blowing the budget. A lot of our listeners recently have asked us about who pays for the dress or for the accessories and the shoes. And I think it's the same rule applies. If you're dictating what the accessories and the shoes are, then you pay. If you give them free reign, then it's okay for them to pay. And then that way as well, they might be able to use the pair of shoes they already have. Yeah. Whereas if you're like, you all have to wear four inch silver heels, then that's not really fair to ask them to pay for them and yeah. never wear them again. Again, it comes back to how styled you want to be. And to some brides, it will be very important that the bridesmaids dresses are all styled identically with yeah. the same shoe, the same belt, if there's a belt, the same makeup even. Mm. And to a lot of brides, it won't really matter. They'll be happy enough if everyone's wearing blush pink and everyone looks and feels great. Yeah. So it depends on the situation between you and your bridesmaid. So let's do a little troubleshooting. What happens if you all can't agree on the dress? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> so part of me just would want to say, all wear what you want then. Yeah. I know that like, again, that won't look that styled in the photos. To be honest, I love the photos where you actually can't tell whether it's the bride and the bridesmaids or the bride and her girl friends. Yeah. Like to me, Everyone dressing in the same dress isn't that important. No. I understand the pros, but it's not that big of a deal. So I would suggest, if someone asked me about this, I would suggest try and do a, do you all want to pick something? Yeah. Scenario. If it's gotten really far, if you've already thrown loads of time and possibly money into it, if you've gone on lots of shopping trips that have involved drinks and lunch and everything, there's no point throwing more time or money at it. No, you just kind of have to quit while you're ahead and yeah. say, right, should we all just wear something different? Yeah, exactly. And then on the day, look, there's a very slim chance there's going to be a disaster where you're wearing the same thing. Yeah. And that's what the WhatsApp thread is for that you yeah. can throw in. I got a dress. Here it is. It's from ASOS. No one else buy it. Yeah. Thanks all. I wish all weddings had that. Yeah, actually. There should we, just be a group WhatsApp for the, all the people at the wedding to put up their outfits. We did this with a friend's wedding where it was a bit of a confusing dress code. And we set up for all of our gal pals uh, WhatsApp thread where we all discussed what we were going to wear. Mm. I felt very supported and very heard. I did, yes. 
there was a lot of bra chat which you know I love a lot of shoe chat because she was getting married sort of in a field so you're like how do I look dressy without wearing heels Mm. it was a whole moment Um, so I do think the WhatsApp group can be a supportive place for these kind of chats I do think as well it's important to note that you shouldn't let one bridesmaid dictate the choice for everybody and yeah just try and lead it in a very open judgment free everyone like be sound and kind to each other and let's not let this descend into a row Mm. and this comes back to why it's so crucial who you pick for your wedding party because you want to pick someone who like is the kind of person who everyone gets on with yes and is very respectful of other people's feelings yeah um you know if you for example have a testy relationship with your sister and you know she can be quite bossy maybe that's a sign that (laughs) alarm bells alarm bells maybe that's a sign that you should be like you know what she's gonna do the reading and I'm gonna say listen please help me with all these things but maybe the bridal party isn't gonna be up your street Mm. because you're gonna get really frustrated in the whatsapp group I do think it's also a good idea to look out for the quiet people because Mm. often and I'm probably one of these people I'll just go along with it and be like yeah it's fine I really like it and then like go home and cry because I'm so uncomfortable in the dress Oh no! Uh, so I know I need to man up, not man up, woman up. Can I scratch that bit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need to person up. I need to person up. Um, Whereas I think I would be like, oh yeah, whatever, and I would be too casual, and I would go along with it and be like, yeah, whatever I wear is grand. I'm so laid back, and then on the day I'd be like oh I hate this but it would stri- <laughs> it would strike me at like 6pm in the evening where I'd be like oh no oh. look at this look at the mirror I'd this is terrible for weeks over but I wouldn't fret in advance which is different yes. so everyone's kind of different everyone yeah. has a different approach to this and it will stress some people out more than others so yeah it's important to look out for those cues if someone seems like they're really nervous or stressed they probably yeah. are yeah so definitely yeah keep an eye for your more agreeable friends Definitely, Don't let or them get walked young, over. younger ones as well. You yes. know, like just someone who's maybe for whatever reason not as confident and mm-hmm. isn't able to go. Here, I'm not happy with this sleeve situation. I think that rounds up our chat about bridesmaids dress shopping. Hopefully, everyone feels equipped. I mean, I feel like as long as you're not wearing orange sateen, you're, it might make a comeback. It might make a comeback. We didn't think purple would, and it's back. I I'm very into the lilac bridesmaids mm. dresses these days. I have to More say, of them please. Yeah, so we should also say that as we're talking about a visual, very visual yes. subject, uh, we didn't want to go into the visuals of this because yeah. we could talk about sleeves and hems for hours yeah. and you wouldn't know what we're talking about. No. So for all of your visual inspiration, head on to onefabday.com. One Fab Day, listener dilemmas. Each week on the podcast, we dig into the inbox and help to solve one of your dilemmas. This week, Selena has one that's particularly tricky. Yes, so this listener has written in to say, I'm engaged and my partner and I are planning quite a low-key wedding. What we really want to do is go for a registry office ceremony with just our family and then meet around 30 of our friends for a fab informal wedding breakfast at our favourite art gallery and cafe. Sounds lovely. Later on in the evening, we're having more guests for drinks and dancing, which is always my favourite part of any wedding. My worry is this. Will people feel that we've denied them something if they're not at the ceremony itself? Will they still feel like they're at a wedding at all? We're very private people and I'd prefer to say our vows in an intimate setting, but I don't want to make my guests feel that they're missing out on the real thing, quote unquote. We've also thought about doing a speech together to try and get around this where we would write promises to each other separately, then read them out to one another. Might that be a good solution? I like that. Yes. I would say this is actually quite a common 
when we hear from couples who want a low-key city wedding but end up taking on the planning of three different events. Yeah, this actually happens a lot where they're like, I just want something like cool and laid back. But cool and laid back often translates to, you know, trying to find a very specific type of venue that lets you serve cake and also allows you to stay up till 3am. It becomes a whole thing. Yes. So I have been to almost this exact wedding um, and I was at the tail end of the day there for the party Mm. and the dancing and I did not feel like I missed out on anything one bit. I was delighted to be there for the party and I kind of knew the vibe that they had had this really lovely intimate day and then we were there to provide the fun and I don't think your guests will feel in any way put out by that and that's now a totally acceptable way to do your wedding and I think if you're in any way nervous and you're very private people then maybe doing the promises in the evening will be stressful for you or yeah won't like allow you to have that really intimate ceremony that you want so and keeping it to the keeping it to the intimate ceremony so I do think you don't have to feel pressured to do that you can obviously make a speech that'd be lovely but you don't need to make it this super romantic moment because that part of the day the end of the day the party is just that it's a party and you don't need to have any typical wedding formalities unless you really want to and there's a reason why certain things turn up in certain parts of the day like it does naturally flow better for you to do a big romantic gestury kind of a thing at 2 p.m in the Mm -hmm. day outdoors or in sunlight at the start of an event versus 7, 8 p.m. when it just feels more appropriate to be having the banter. Yeah, yeah. Um, at that wedding that you went to, did they do any kind of speeches at the in the second part? They did speeches, yeah, just before the band played. And it was really nice. fun. Um, and yeah, it was kind of perfect. Like, it was just a big thank you, really. It was only heartfelt to the guests as opposed to being heartfelt about each other, um, which obviously I appreciated. Which is uh, nice. <laughs> yeah. But in terms of missing the ceremony, I don't think any of your guests will mind. It's about setting expectations from the start, letting them know what elements of the day they are invited to so they don't start assuming they're going to be at the ceremony when they're not. Yeah. I mean, if someone feels hard done by because they don't get to go to the ceremony, there's not a lot you can do about that. You don't have control over that. You have to relinquish that control, really. You have to accept that that's a thing. Yeah. I think your day sounds fab and you're going to have a great time. Just be aware that if you've got three locations, there is a certain amount of logistics at play there and it might take a little more planning than you think. I, Fester Adam, do hereby declare my unending love. (laughs) Ditto. I will worship you forever. Now for something. That's not your wedding. Each week we encourage you to switch off from all things weddings and do something entirely unrelated to budgets, logistics and guest lists. So Claire, you're helping us do that this week. What is your recommendation, please? This week I'm advising everybody to be a tourist for the day in your own town. So this one is inspired by our recent office team outing on the Viking Splash tour bus. So for anyone who hasn't a clue what we're talking about, (laughs) to be honest, we don't know what we're talking about either. It's really hard to explain. In Dublin, if you're a tourist, you get on this big, I'll call it a bus. It's not a bus. It's a demilitarized military vehicle of some kind. And it goes on land and it goes in water. I think it's called a duck. Okay. 
that would make sense because it can go on land and water. Yes. Okay, I get it. And you wear Viking helmets and you scream at people on Rawr, the street. Yeah, um, it's a whole it's a whole moment, um, <laughs> and it's very emotional. It's an emotional roller coaster. But we did it as like a fun, you know, outing for all of us to yes. like do a bit of team building. But I learned some things about Dublin that I didn't know, and I saw some statues I'd never I'd walked by them loads of times, and now I know what they are. And it was really good fun. And you get to see it from a different angle as well. Well, particularly with this one because you hit the water. But it's just nice to kind of appreciate your city for what it is. Because a lot of times even we have American interns in the office and they tell us the things they're doing. And we'll be like, oh, I never thought to go to that place or I never thought to do that thing. Yeah, we're super jealous of their touristing. Yes. So it's good to tourist yourself for a while. It's funny. Um, well, that sounds naughty to begin with. <laughs> so I love that. Uh, it's funny that you should say this because when we were on our outing, I actually thought to myself, God, I should do a thing where like I take a day and like be a tourist in Dublin. Mm-hmm. Before you'd even written this as your recommendation, I was like already like, God, I need to get on that train. I'm on the pulse. Or on that Viking splash bus. Yes. Um, obviously, it's different in your town. You could be doing museum visits. You could be doing going to national parks. Anything. Your local farm. Your local farm. Petting zoo, perhaps. Yep. Whatever you've got. Uh, I do recommend as well when it's kind of a childlike thing to do because it's fun to do something that's a little bit silly and exciting. Yes. A bunch of grown women roaring at tourists at traffic lights. It was great crack. I mean, I had a great day. I did too. Yeah. No, I like this one. I'm definitely going to be doing it. One Fab Day Expert Wedding Tips. Well, that's it for this week's episode of the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. Thanks for listening. We absolutely love hearing from you. So whether you have tips, recommendations or questions to pass on, send them our way for emails. We're hello at onefabday.com or slide into our DMs on social. We're at One Fab Day on all the major social channels. And don't forget to spread the word about our lovely podcast. If you listen on iTunes, you can rate and review us or you can send a link on to anyone you know who's engaged or just really into weddings. All of this helps new listeners find us, so we really, really appreciate it. And also, make sure to head over to onefabday.com for your daily fix. So this month, we've got lots of guides on last-minute wedding prep and being a great host, along with the usual helpings of real weddings, decor ideas, and style features. We'll see you there. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.